You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. How are you, church? I hope you're doing fantastic this morning uh, or this evening, depending on what service you're watching. Um, I'm out of isolation, uh, which is the best news for me. You might not care, but I'm absolutely stoked. Back with my wife after three and a half weeks. Uh, and it feels so good. Um, but I hope you've been enjoying church. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, we've been praying as an executive team over everyone's jobs, health, uh, mental health, finances. Uh, and um, I don't know about you, but I've really been enjoying our I'm Not Anxious series. Uh, obviously, week one, we heard from Pastor Heather, uh, who's just did an amazing job in a pretty trying season with you know the senior pastor and one of the exec pastors away. So little golf claps for Pastor Heather at home. But beautiful message. We saw people get saved. Uh, and then next, the next week, we heard from Pastor Rob, um, Pastor Rob on, on the porch, uh, preaching and, and just a powerful, powerful word. Um, and you're going to be hearing from him again soon because uh, he's out of isolation as well, which is exciting. But I'm really excited to, to preach this morning, forward slash this evening. I'll probably just keep saying this morning, but I'm excited to preach. Um, but I just really want you to know that we hope you're doing good. And I really believe that this season that we are in, this circumstance we are in, uh, it can feel a lot like uh, a challenge and a trial, and it is. Uh, but I want to propose to you this morning uh, that it's also a massive opportunity. Uh, it's an opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to shine brighter than it ever has before. It's an opportunity to show the world that Jesus is so consistent and faithful. Uh, it's an opportunity for the billboard of your life to say something because the world doesn't just want to see how we're doing when church is packed and God's good and we've got Ribena in the fridge and we've ordered some Nando's on Uber Eats. The world wants to see how is the church of Jesus Christ going to respond to pain? How is the church of Jesus Christ going to respond to suffering. I would argue that in this season, our witness carries more weight than ever before. And so this is a huge opportunity, number one, for us to lean into the goodness of God, to lean into the fact that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But it's also a beautiful opportunity for our world, our family, our schoolmates, our uni friends, our work colleagues, our unsaved family, to know that what we talk about is real. What we talk about has weight and power. Amen. So that's just an encouragement. We're going to get into a passage of scripture this morning. And this text shows us that a character in the Bible who lives out our sermon series, which is I'm Not Anxious. Now, I want to warn you, I guess, this is a decent passage of Scripture. Uh, it's not a short bit of Scripture, but um, I believe there's power to be found in it. So it's going to be on your screen. Why don't we read it together? If you're at home, why don't you read out loud? Get involved, get invested. Let's not lean back. Let's lean into church this morning and believe God's going to move. So our text comes from 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 8 this morning. Are you ready? All right, let's go. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. Great start to the story, isn't it? Someone persuading someone to have some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, 
he can go in there. Let's pause just really quickly. I love that this woman, uh, she doesn't just say, oh, the, the, the man of God. Keep in mind in, the, in olden times, the man of God represented the presence and the power of God and audience and time with God. And so this woman doesn't just go, oh, that's great. He's a man of God. Pop in occasionally. She actually creates a habitation for the presence of God in her own dwelling. And I think that's really pertinent in these times reading a story about a woman creating a space and a habitation for the presence of God in her dwelling. I think that's us right now, church. And it's not that we weren't doing it before, but more than ever, we had the challenge to create, to go to Ikea and get some furniture and furnish the area and create a space in our homes for the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading together. One day he came out, talking about Elisha, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done with you, for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people, which is her saying, I'm good. I don't need anything. I don't need a favor because I've created a space for you. I'm happy. What is to be done for her? Elisha said, Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Well, her husband is old. He said, call her. I love it how Elisha doesn't talk to her directly. He's like, Gehazi, send a message. Like she's probably like a meter away. He's like, Gehazi, tell, tell her this. Um, prophets are pretty trippy sometimes, but they're powerful. So it's good. Gehazi answered, well, she has no son. And her husband is old. He said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring as Elisha had said to her. So we've got to keep moving, but we've got, a, we've got the man of God bringing a promise of God to this woman and her family. And as often happens with the prophetic offers of the Lord, uh, it happens in due season. And so she's got a little boy. She's got the promise with her alive and well. We keep reading in verse 18. When the child had grown, he went out for one day to his father among the reapers. That's people in the fields harvesting. He said to his father, ah, oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. I don't have kids, but I've heard that's pretty stereotypical when kids are sick. Talk to your mum. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Then he lifted him, brought him to his mother. The child sat on her lap till noon and then died. I don't know about you, but when I read this text, this feels like a very rude interruption to what is a fun, beautiful story. A woman and a family who've created space for the presence of God. A prophetic offer that's been prophesied and a year later in due season it comes to pass. A child that's raised and grown and is a living, standing, breathing testament to the prophetic offer of heaven. And then he dies. It seems to not fit with what we're reading. And this is the part of passage this morning that I want us to really lean into. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, all is well. Another translation says, it is well. This response is so powerful. All is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. 
When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, look, there is a Shunammite, run at once to meet her and say, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. When she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet and Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone for she is in distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. She said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Pause there. I love this. I love this, not because it's dishonouring to Gehazi, but I love this because in that season of distress, hurt, pain and loss, she does not want a man of God. She does not want a staff. She does not want a construct. She wants the real thing. COVID has pushed us into a situation where uh, we no longer can rely on the constructs that we used to have. We, in a, in a way, can no longer rely on a pastor, a preacher, a, a connect group leader, someone we find our identity in. We have to go directly to the source. And can I tell you, even though it's hard, even though it hurts, it is the best thing that could happen to us. Even in isolation, I found myself doing church work and then in the evenings I'd play a couple of games, but then I was like, well, I've had devotions today. I guess I'll just have devotions again. And I started to form these habits. And so this is exciting because this situation is a window. This situation we're in currently, church, it's a window to deeper levels of intimacy with God and removing, not in a bad way, nothing wrong with events, nothing wrong with corporate gatherings, nothing wrong with all that stuff. But we're being forced to grab hold of the feet of Jesus and go, I'm not going anywhere until you speak to me. I'm not going anywhere. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and led the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore, he returned to meet him and told him the child is not awakened. Here we go, coming into the final stretch of this passage. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands. Real quick, you're going to want to hear God if you're going to do that. You're going to want to hear from God. I believe some of us in this season are going to be called to do things that defy logic. Some of us are going to be called to do things, maybe leave our job, maybe give a bunch of money to someone else. I want to encourage us in this season to be obedient. Right now, even giving under the church would seem illogical. But I want to tell you that if God says it, let's do it. If God says it, let's do it. As he stretched himself upon the child, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house, went up, stretched himself upon the child. The child sneezed seven times. The child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked her son up and went out. Let's pray real quick and then we'll hang out for the next couple of minutes and just deconstruct this story further. Father, we thank you this morning, forward slash this evening for your goodness. I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice, whether it's live or whether it's happening in the next couple of days, that they would be encouraged. Pray right now for peace in households. We pray right now for a declaration that we're not anxious. And even if we are a bit, we prophesy to what it could be and we say thank you for peace. Thank you for righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, 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 amen. That's you in the comments. Amen, amen. So let's look at this woman. This woman's promised something. This woman has promised something and then the promise comes to pass. And then the environment, a heated circumstance 
steals her promise. Theologians think that this young boy probably got heat stroke. He's out in the fields. Uh, he's a young man. It would have been very hot in that region. And when you get heat, stro- heat stroke, what happens is your brain swells uh, and you have organ failure and you die in some cases. And, and, and this woman who's had a promise, it's absolutely valid that she feels like something has been stolen away from her. If I was her, I would have been thinking, man, are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. My promise, my joy, my love, it's gone. And I know for some of us, we feel like that right now. Sure, uh, uh, your child might not have died and, and, and will not in the name of Jesus, but we might feel like, man, my comfort has been stolen. Man, maybe my job has been stolen. Maybe on top of that, the job you had that you've now lost, God prophesied it into being. And so you're like, God, are you kidding me? You prophesied this. You prophesied peace in my household. You prophesied a sound mind. And now I feel like it's all being taken away. The current climate can make us feel robbed. But I want to tell you today that you have not been robbed of comfort. You've been gifted a billboard to show your faith. And it's not comfortable. Can I tell you, other preachers might be different. I don't like this situation. I'm working on my faith. It's not comfortable, but I know that people in my world, people in my soccer team, people in my, in, in my spheres, they're looking at me going, how is the Christian going to respond? Is, is his faith real? Is his life real? And I want to tell you, we have an opportunity, all of us, whether you're from KCC or whether you're watching from another country, we have an opportunity in this season, in a fearful, scared world, to be a steadfast, faith-filled church. So we've got an opportunity here. Three points I want us to take away from this text today, and we'll, we'll whiz through them because we've we got to keep moving. But number one is what's your immediate posture to pain? What is your immediate posture to pain? If we read uh, in our text, it says, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door behind him and went out. She then called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God. I may quickly, I love that, go to the man of God. How do you respond to pain? We all respond differently. Some of us go very quiet and, and, and stoic. Some of us are very loud and emotive and we cry and we, we, we hurt. You know, my friend uh, Brad Riddle, he, he hates pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. He hates literal pain. Like the idea of being in bodily pain, he hates it. And I'm not saying that anyone likes it, but he hates it, even though he's got tattoos all over his body. He, he hates pain. But what, what is your posture? And what I mean by that is what, what happens when you're in pain? Because pressure has a way of revealing what was already in there at the start. Bill Johnson talks about his prayer most mornings is, Lord, let me leak today. You see, you can only pray that prayer if you're confident on what's going to come out. You can only pray the prayer, God, let me leak in my, in my world. And it sounds kind of funny, isn't it? Let me leak, you know, like you've got a bodily dysfunction. But let me leak your presence. Let me leak your joy. Pressure will reveal what was already in there. So usually preachers would use like, what do you do when someone cuts you off in traffic? What would you do if your spouse is mad at you? How do you respond? Well, now our question is much more intense. Is what do we do in a global pandemic that threatens our health, threatens our livelihood? threatens our freedoms. What comes out? What comes out of this lady is faith. What comes out of this lady is the prophetic declaration that it is well. I don't encourage you, and I want to reveal to you a deep 
uh, prophetic truth and revelation this morning, it wasn't all well. Her child was dead. But we have to understand as the church, we don't prophesy to what things are. We prophesy as we see them in the Spirit. And so my encouragement to you in this season is begin to prophesy. Hey, finances, it is well. Hey, my biological makeup, it is well. Hey, my family dynamic, it is well. Hey, my, my freedoms and comforts are gone, but it is well. In the Word of God, it says prophesy to the dry bones. Anyone can prophesy it's something that's alive and well and walking around. We've got to begin to prophesy to the things in our life that aren't well as though they were. Amen. We've got to start believing, hey, it is well. My mental health, it is well. My finances, it is well. This is what this lady does. She prophesies and it's powerful. Point number two, it might sound like a funny point, but where does your donkey take you? Where does your donkey take you? In verse 24, again, it says, then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Very, it's been said a lot online at the moment, but it, it does stand true. Where are you running to? You see, the Word of God doesn't say, I look to Netflix, that's where my help comes from. I look to comfort food, that's where my help comes from. I look to websites I shouldn't be on, that's where my help comes from. It says, I look to the mountain, which is saying, I look to the place of God. I look to the presence of God. That's where my help comes from. Can I encourage you in this season, make sure your donkey is saddled up and ready to run into the presence of God. Let's not run to other things. Nothing wrong with Netflix in this season. Nothing wrong with having a day where you just relax and lounge around. Of course, enjoy. You know, some people are, are, are blessed in that they're still getting paid for work, but they can't go in or they're working from home. Enjoy it. This isn't a thing where I'm saying you've got to do 55 push-ups a day, you've got to go for a walk, and you've got to read half the Bible in one day because now is a time to build yourself spiritually. If you do that, fantastic. But what I am saying is ensure that every day, your donkey is heading into the presence of God. The thing you are going to is the presence of God. Where does your donkey take you? I propose that we need to saddle up, not slacken the pace and head into the presence of God. Number three, my final point today is be prepared to pick it up. Be prepared to pick it up says this in the text, when Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands. He stretched himself upon him. The flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked back and forth in the house, went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times. That's so significant, but we don't have time. And the child opens his eyes and he summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her. She came to him and he said, pick up your son. So she picked him up and went out. You gotta be ready to pick it back up. You see, she could have, sounds silly, she could have been like, are you, what are you trying to do to my mental health? You, I was dwelling amongst my own people, I was pretty happy, then you came along and then I built you a room and then you prophesied life and then it happened and then it was brought and then it died and now you've brought it back. What are you doing to me? I can't do this, back, forward, back, forward. But she doesn't, she picks it up. Why is this important? I really want us to get this today. Just as Elijah brought life into the child, the child sneezed seven times. Seven in the Bible is the biblical number of completion. God is not going to leave your promise dead in its bed. God is not going to let your prophetic word lay dead on the front 
porch, we've got to be ready to pick it back up. You see, you right now, right now, prophetically, I even feel there's people and anxiety is hitting you so hard. Every day you're on CNN and BBC and ABC and Channel 7 and Channel 9. You're watching SCOMA, you're watching Trump, you're watching 700 different medical uh, opinions, theories, hypotheses, and you are freaking out. Or what if it's millions? What if it's, hey, can I tell you? Pick your peace back up. Can I tell you, we've got to be ready. God is your provider. Let's pick that provision back up. God is not distant in this season. God is so excited to be in your life and in your world more than ever before. We got to pick it back up, church. Some of us aren't sleeping. Pick up your rest. Some of us are so stressed about money and validly. Can I say that to you as well? It is valid to be scared. It is valid. But my encouragement to you is not to just validify what you're feeling and what you're going through. Our job as the church is to bring the truth of the security and the certainty that comes with Jesus. I didn't get my certainty from the world, so we can't take it away. I got it from the mountain where my help comes from. Can I speak to you, single mum? Can I talk to you, nurse, on the front lines in a hectic situation? Can I talk to you, person over 70 who's a bit stressed at the moment and a bit lonely? Can I encourage you, let Jesus be your strength in this season. Let Jesus be your all in this season. There is a prophetic offer. I I want to prophesy quickly before I finish. There is a prophetic offer for us as Christians, believers in the church to come out of this pandemic far stronger than we went in. There is is a realm where we all lay claim to the promises of God, where we lay claim to the things of heaven and we walk out of COVID-19 with a stronger church, with deeper community, with closer intimacy with the Father, with deeper levels of faith, with a better biblical knowledge. Come on, our faith has to become real. You might be sitting there going, it was real before, bro. I'm, I'm not having a go. I'm simply saying there is an offer for us today. Hey, before I finish... We never want to let a service go by, whether it's online or not, without checking that people know Jesus. You see, friend, I don't want to push a faith-filled agenda on the wings of a pandemic tragedy. But you are not going to find a better helper in this time than Jesus. You are not going to find a better comfort in this time other than Jesus. The message of Jesus is shining so clearly, so purely and so brightly in this dark season. And I want to tell you, if you're watching this, today's your day and now's your time. And so if that's you and you've been far from God or maybe you've been slightly close to God but not talking with Him or maybe you literally just logged on and saw a thing on Facebook that a bunch of people were watching and you're like, I don't even fully know why I'm here. I want to tell you, right now's your time. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He was murdered without cause that you would be set free. He died so that you wouldn't be anxious. He died so that you wouldn't have worry. And so if that's you, on the count of three, I would love you in your heart and in your life to commit to Jesus. It's one, Jesus loves you. He's proud of you. He's there for you. Two, it says in the Bible that right now is the time of salvation. And three, come on, if that's you, just at home, I want you to reach out to God and know that He saved you from your sin. 
He's the best friend you'll ever have. And he loves you so much. And please, if, if that is you, please comment it in the, in the live chat right now. Please email care at kingdomculturechurch.com.au. We don't want you to make a decision online and not get followed up. That would be the biggest tragedy. Please be bold. I know it takes boldness to comment, to send an email in, but we want to know if that's you. I'm just going to pray real quick. Father, I thank you for anyone that's decided to follow Jesus. I thank you for anyone that's decided, hey, my, my donkey's been running all over the place, but I'm going to take that donkey and I'm going to meet this man and God. I'm going to meet this person called Jesus. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're here for us. Thank you that you care about us. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, hey, church, we love you so much. We're with you. We're for you. I believe that this is a season not to be anxious. And once again, it's not that we're faking it and we're not acknowledging our feelings, but we're going to prophesy to how we're feeling And we're going to believe that Jesus is over everything. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is better. We love you. Be blessed. And we'll see you soon.